0: My lesson uh, this morning um, is going to be on uh, the topic of or the importance of apologizing. Uh, and this didn't really come from any specific event or, or anything uh, with anyone here. It just, I think it, it kind of started with a... a something that came up between the kids at some point and just got me to to thinking about it. And uh, so that was the topic that I'd thought about. And you you feel like, at least I feel like, you see this done um, poorly very often. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm sure I've done this poorly. I feel like you see it on the news all the time, people avoiding doing it or or doing it poorly and and so for us as christians i just wanted to look at uh really the fact that it is something i think god requires of us uh as christians and and something that we you know need to have in our mind as as it's important in following the commandments of god and in uh, in our relationships with our brethren and, and with the people we interact with uh during our lives um you know, raise your hand if, if you've uh, never had a need to apologize to someone for something. Okay, so that's kind of what I thought. You know, I think we all have uh, ample opportunity for this in our lives, right? Uh, you know, have you ever done something wrong or messed something up for somebody else or hurt someone, used the wrong words? You know, all of us will have an opportunity multiple times in our lives uh to to practice this apologizing uh and and so you know when when you realize what the bible says about the fact that all of us have sinned, uh you know just another verse in james chapter three uh that no man can tame the tongue you know and you could go on and on with passages that that show us the fact that as human beings even as christians uh, you know, there's going to be times that we mess up, and times that we need to apologize, and and so, uh, you know, again, that that's why we're talking about that this morning. When you think about uh, just between us and God, uh, you know, I, I feel and believe that this apologizing is really something that that is part of what God expects from us between us and Him when we've sinned against God and. You know, there's no specific verse where you're really going to find it spelled out. Thou shalt apologize to God when you sin against God. But it's, it's woven in to uh, what we do see about what to do when we sin. This idea of, of confession is closely tied to to apologizing. You can't really pull them apart. Like faith and works, you're not going to be able to, to separate those things. Um, you know, it makes no sense to go to God confessing your sins without... Uh, apologizing for them or having that attitude of apologizing towards god uh, for what you've done wrong against him and um, psalms chapter 51 uh, this is a passage where uh, david is uh, talking about himself for i know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me this is basically a psalm where david's confessing his sins and talking to god and, and it's written out there in in the the tone of it is it's, a, it's an apology to God for what he's done and an ask, uh, asking for forgiveness and thankfulness for that forgiveness. Uh, in 1 John chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 8, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Uh, and then again in Psalms 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. So again, you know, the word apologize is not in any of those verses, but it's it's there, right? When you think about what confession is, what attitude we're supposed to have in confessing those sins, it's not just something where we're um, you know, going to God saying, I've done this, 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 and this. Okay, I confess to you what I've done. That's not really what all's tied into confession. You know, it's this broken and contrite heart, going to God, telling him that you're sorry for these things that you've done. And, and uh, so, again, uh, it's required of us. Between uh, us and him, when, when we've done something wrong, um, you know, we have to apologize to him for that. He also requires us, and this is what the lesson's really mainly about, uh, He also requires us to do this amongst ourselves, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 5, this is a passage we're all very familiar with. It says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go, and first be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Uh, and in Luke chapter 17, verse 4. Um, this is Jesus answering a question to Peter about how many times does he have to forgive his brother that sins against him. It says, if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And so, you know, these two passages, again, the word apologize is nowhere in this, but, but we understand that... Part of a reconciliation process is what? It's saying that I'm sorry for what I've done uh, against you or what I've done to hurt you. Um, and so if God expects us to be reconciled with someone that we've got uh, you know, something against or that has something against us, uh, this apology is basically built into the process of uh, reconciling. You know, and, and we see this and understand this you know in life and in social interactions in general we just oftentimes uh, struggle with with implementing it uh, as we should. you know how easy is it to get over something that someone has done wrong to you if they won't say they're sorry to you? Is it very easy to get over that it's not it's a it's a huge hindrance. Uh, to get over that and, and if you don't um, if you don't reciprocate that if you've done something wrong to someone else and you and, and you and you don't express your sorrow to them and apologize to them for what you've done uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to ever be able to reconcile those relationships um, think about this even when, you may not think what you've done is a big deal, okay? So look back at that slide, Um, that bottom question, how easy is reconciliation without saying I'm sorry? Uh, What if you don't think what you've done against this person is really that big of a deal? Do you just blow off this idea of apologizing, or is it still something that you should probably do? I would think that it's something you probably should do. Even if you don't fully understand why they're so upset at what you did, right? Um, And again, you could delve off into a a whole lot of rabbit trails about that and and did I actually do something wrong or not. But just in general, I think everybody here would agree that sometimes there are situations where one party may be upset one person may be upset with me for something I did. Uh, I may not even understand why that's so upsetting to them. But still, do I want to reconcile that situation? If, if so, you know, it may require me apologizing to them for that. Um, what, um, so, so that apology and this, this good for the gander and the goose, what I'm, what I'm saying there is this idea of apologizing is good for both parties, right? Uh, you may do this for your own benefit, or you may have to do it for the benefit of the one who's hurt, or both, right? Um, and so, you know, that's that's what I want us to think about. What what effect does it have when someone doesn't apologize to us? Um, again, we we've, we've said already, the situation doesn't really heal up very well, does it? What what can happen? Uh, bitterness can take hold. Um, it can be a hindrance to forgiveness. It can make it harder for, the, for one party to get over that down the road. Um, it's not moving towards this idea of peacemaking that God commands us to, to pursue. And so, you know, again, uh, it's almost, and I, and I don't want it to come across as a, a going through the motions because a, a good apology is not just going through the motions of that, right? But, but there may be times where it almost feels like that again. If it's a situation where we don't fully understand why someone is so upset about what what has happened, uh, we may be hesitant to apologize. But, but if it's if it's some way that we can to help that process heal, then then we should. Um, <clears throat> so we have these. Uh, commandments here all throughout the new testament in multiple places about being peacemakers Uh, we're commanded to be peacemakers matthew chapter nine five and verse nine says blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of god Uh, romans 12 and verse 18 if it is possible so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all men uh, in Romans fourteen nineteen, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. And so... You know, all of these passages put the burden on us as as Christians to be proactive peacemakers, right? And, uh, you know, you cannot be a peacemaker without being willing to apologize when you have disrupted peace. Uh, I think everybody would understand that. Uh, And so, you know, again... You're not going to find the word thou shalt apologize in any of this, but it's built in over and over again. It's just tied to all of these other concepts that, that us as Christians are supposed to be. Uh, and so as peacemakers, you know, we also have to be apologizers or, or willing to apologize when when uh, that can help bring about uh, peace and, and when we've done someone wrong. Um, so this is a a concept, this idea of of being willing to apologize um, is something that, you know, if you've got kids, you get to see this play out on a regular basis, especially with little kids. They're always doing something to one another that hurts the other one or the other one feels wrong. They're always having to tell each other they're sorry. Um, But you also get to see it play out unsuccessfully. And so... A lot of times with, with kids, at least with our kids, uh, one may hurt the other one. And there's not a, just a natural reaction to apologize. They'll just stand there looking at the hurt one like, what's wrong with you? Um, and so then the parents have to get involved, right? And, and basically have to walk them through this process, have to make them say they're sorry. Um, you know. And, and so then you have this situation where they're only saying they're sorry because the daddy's making them do that, right? Uh, surely as adults, that would never happen, would it? It would. And so I think, you know, this is a situation, this idea of apologizing is something that really, I think grown-ups can be very childish in, in, in the way that we go about this, unfortunately. Uh, we can act a lot like children, Um you know, you've got these passages in First Corinthians that that tell us, um, you know, not to be childish. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Uh, and then later on, in the same book, brothers, do not be children in your thinking; be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. And so, I think for us as adults. Uh, you know, we have to make a concerted effort to not be like children in this regard. to To be willing to apologize and, and to to do our best to do that well when those opportunities arise. Um and and not be a situation where we have to, uh, you know, basically have our arm twisted to, to apologize to someone. What um when so when one of my kids gets hurt and I have to make the other one apologize to them, do you think the hurt one is feeling like it's a very sincere apology usually? No. And, and the same thing goes for us as adults, right? If, if somebody's having to make someone else apologize or, or, or twist their arm uh, to get them to apologize, a lot of times the, the sincerity of that apology becomes questionable. Now that doesn't... Uh, necessarily undo the process but it doesn't help the process right um, and so you know again i, I think for us uh, we need to be as mature as we can in these regards and and you know again if you can take this all the way back to do unto others as you would have them do unto you you know it, it would go all the way back to to that commandment if if someone's done you wrong, how would you like for them to make that right? Uh, and and you think about it that way. Uh, so just a couple of examples. One of, I guess, a bad apology in a sense, if we can think about it that way, and then we're going to have uh, an example of a better apology. Uh, King Saul in First Samuel is, is an example of feel like what we can see oftentimes is going wrong in an in an apology or when someone is confronted with being wrong but this this quote from benjamin franklin um i found and it you know it basically sums up what saul ended up doing it says never ruin an apology with an excuse all right and so is that something that that we see very often Someone does something wrong, and they, they go to apologize f- to the one that they've wronged, and they said, look, I'm sorry I did that, but this. You know, you deserved it, or you shouldn't have done that. Or, the, you know, it's just a thousand excuses uh, that could come up. And does that help the apology or hurt the apology? It basically kills it in a sense, right? Uh, the effectiveness of that apology kind of goes out the window, when you say, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have done that, you know. Um, and so keep that in mind uh, as we think about this. But, but King Saul, this is a story everybody's familiar with. Uh, when he was supposed to utterly destroy uh, the, the, uh, the town there and he didn't, uh, he kept some of the spoils, and Samuel comes to him and says, what is this, what is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and lowing of the oxen that I hear? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amicalites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we've devoted to destruction. And so you skip skip a few verses down to verse 21. It says, but the people, again, Saul's saying, but the people took the spoil, the sheep, the oxen, and the best things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And so what is Saul doing but trying to divert the blame or cast the blame somewhere else, right? what Him as the king, uh, you know, the the buck stops at the king. Uh, He was supposed to be sure those commandments were, were carried out. He didn't. He's being confronted about it. And he's basically trying to cast that blame off. Uh, and and even later in this passage, when he when he realizes that's not working, uh, you know, he then tries to make things right. And, and it, it seems that God's not even willing to accept that apology at that point, right? Uh, because you know of, of the way he went about that and and uh, how he did not do those things correctly. Uh, when you pick back up in Twenty-two. It says, and Samuel said, Is the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For the for rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, He's also rejected you from being king. Saul said to Samuel. I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before the Lord. Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king in Israel. And so, because of of the way Saul went about this, and, and again, there's more things to this than just... Paul didn't, uh, Saul didn't apologize correctly, but you know, is there any uh, type of, of sorrow in the tone that you're seeing here with Saul? There's not really any sorrow shown, right? No penitence, uh, no humbleness. It's it just when someone uh, is in the wrong and confronted about it and starts making excuses tied into their apology... There's the sincerity of all that again, just goes out the window, uh, and so again, that's something that we can be very guilty of. I feel like that's something we see play out a lot uh, on TV. You know, politicians may be confronted with something they did wrong, and they always, you know, trying to find some way to wiggle around it this way or that way. I think the term these days is they start walking back their comments. Yeah, I said that. But I didn't really mean that, or this is what that really meant. And, uh, you know, they're basically not willing to just apologize for what they've said or done uh, that was wrong. And so, you know, this is something that us as Christians need to be aware of and and be sure we're not guilty of. Um, If you look back to the story of Joseph uh, and his brothers, um, we have another example of a different kind of apology um and and this was another quote here i found that that didn't have anybody attributed to it but it says apologies aren't meant to change the past they are meant to change the future Uh, and so think about it that way you know nothing you can do in an apology will change what has happened right but what does it do done correctly it can change what happens from that point forward and, and that's what we need to think about that uh, along those, those lines that we're trying to change our relationship with this person from that point forward. We're trying to make it better. Um, and so you've got Joseph's brothers here. Um, and again, you, you can question their sincerity or not in I, I this, but I think that uh, the way that they go about this is, is obviously much better than, than how Saul... Uh, acted in the previous example this is uh after joseph's father jacob has died uh, joseph is still in charge in egypt uh and and his brothers who sold him into slavery are basically at his mercy he's already at this point made amends with him and forgiven them right uh, but but jacob dies and now they're worried now joseph is going to get us that our father since our father's gone says when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead they said to they said it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him so they sent a message to Joseph saying your father gave this commandment before he died say to Joseph please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you and now please forgive the transgressions of the servants and of the god of your father And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of the father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him. Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And so, again, what... What attitudes is what I want us to see in this? uh, Do we see from Joseph's brothers? We see them coming to him, bowing down before him. uh, You know, wanting to be sure that things are okay between them. Again, I understand that probably because they felt like their lives were on the lines. But the the same attitudes should come from us when when we realize that we've wronged someone. uh, You know, we should be willing to go to them. Uh, in a humble manner uh, and to to make sure uh, that they know that we're sorry for the things that we've done against them. Uh, and so, you know, that's the, the, the take-home I want to get from that example. So I think, I believe this is my last slide. Um, so when we're thinking about, you know, I've said a couple times uh, that not only as Christians do we need to Realize the importance of apologizing when we've done wrong to someone, but we also need to do that well, right? I think all of us, everybody generally agrees, yeah, it's a good and right thing to apologize, Uh, but this doing it well is the challenging part. And so uh, these are just a few uh, uh, bullet points here, I guess, that, that would be part of what is entailed in a good apology, Uh, And the first one is what we just saw in Joseph's brothers. It's rooted in humility, right? We realize we've messed up, we've wronged someone, and so our apology needs to be rooted in humility. It doesn't need to be, I'm only saying I'm sorry because I have to, right? It needs to be because, you know, we realize we've done wrong and, and we're humble about that. A good apology... Uh, will acknowledge the offense uh, and so here's where it's it's tied to this idea of confession right uh, it, it acknowledges what it is that i've done wrong against this person uh, and 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 you know it may have to verbalize that uh, but again a a good apology is going to acknowledge what it is it's not going to just be a uh, I'm sorry. and so that, that's something that, that with our kids we've tried to do as they've grown up is you know we don't just tell them to say they're sorry, we get them to say what they're sorry for uh, to the, whichever other one they just hit with a ball or whatever in the head. So um, <clears throat> A good apology also can provide an explanation, but not an excuse, right? And there's a difference in those things. And so, um, you know, there may be a need to explain, you, you know, you tell someone, yes, I'm sorry I did this, whatever it was, that was wrong. I'm sorry I did that and it hurt you. This is why I ended up doing that. I'm not making an excuse for what I did, but this is how I got to that point. Uh, so, again... A good apology can provide an explanation, but it does not need to be in the form of an excuse. And so we have to be uh, careful about those things. And, and providing an explanation can help the reconciliation process, right? Uh, if the one wrong can better understand why in the world that person did that to you, uh, you know, that can help uh, the whole process go smoother. But again, if it comes across as an excuse... It can blow the whole thing up, right? Uh, And so uh, you have to be cautious in this, but a a good apology uh, can provide an explanation, uh, but it doesn't need to be an excuse. Um, A good apology is going to express remorse. Again, this idea of of penitent, uh, sorrow. Uh, You think about between us and God, you know, do we want to go before God saying God I'm sorry I've sinned I did this I lied but we're not going to feel sorry about it is that going to bode well that's not going to be the attitude God's looking for that's not the attitude anyone that I've wronged is looking for and and an apology to them right you want to see some remorse and some sorrow Uh, and, and if you're the one apologizing you want to allow that to be seen or expressed um, a good apology would also take into account, I would say, the level of wrong, uh, and and maybe seek to make amends accordingly, right? Um, and so, you know, I'm, I guess I should have thought out of an example ahead of time, but you think about are there are there some things that that I may do to someone that are very bad, over-the-top wrong, and other things that may be that are lesser offenses. Not, not in the sin realm, but just in the harm caused. I would say yes. Uh, you think about Joseph's brothers. Had what Joseph's brothers done to Joseph, was that just some little thing? Did they just, you know, accidentally lose his coat of many colors? No. They sold their brother into slavery... Got him r- rid of him and told their father that he lied to you know basically removed Joseph from the family in a sense, and so you know what I'm trying to to the point I'm trying to make in this is you got to think about the the level of the wrong in a sense, and and if if someone if you've done something that has greatly hurt someone, uh, your level of remorse and humility and and what you may. Um, try to do to make amends for that needs to kind of match the wrong that you've done, uh, in a sense. And so, uh, you know, if it's a, uh, I guess that's just the best way that I could think of to say that is is it takes into account the level of wrong and seeks to make amends for it, at, you know, at a, at an appropriate level. Um, and, and a good apology, or, or someone who's making a good apology, is also... You know, willing, and I think this is again rooted in the humility and remorse, willing to allow time for forgiveness. Right? Someone is that you've wronged, um, and and you would think maybe if it's a high level of wrong, you've hurt someone very badly, and what you've done, it may take a little while, even after you've apologized, for them to process that and and forgive you of that. Uh, again, that we can go into a whole nother lesson about. You know, maybe it shouldn't. Maybe they should be willing to forgive you immediately. Uh, you know, because that's how God does us, and we can go into that. But but on the offender side, if if we're the offender, we need to have that in our head that that that's part of uh, a good apology is willing. We realize it could take a minute for the one we've wronged to to process that and uh, respond accordingly, and so. You know, these are just a a few things, again, that that I wanted us to to think about and talk about uh, this morning. I hope uh, that it's been a good reminder or or maybe uh, just something good for us to roll around in our brains again and and to think about these facts that this is one of the things God requires from us as his children, uh, to be willing to offer apologies when we've wronged someone and and to do that to the very best of our ability uh, so that we are the peacemakers and, and pursuing the peace uh, that God expects us to, to pursue among everyone we interact with uh, in this life. And so uh, this morning we always offer God's invitation uh, at, the, at the close of our lessons. Uh, and, and when we talk about uh, sin... We said at the very beginning of this lesson that there's nobody here in the building that has never done anything wrong. Uh, and so we we all really have had to uh, apologize to God for that. And and thankfully, He is a forgiving God. He's one who has made us promises that when we do that, when we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive them. And And so... If there's someone here uh, this morning who uh, needs the help of the saints here, whether it be through prayers uh, or encouragement or someone who's never obeyed the gospel and wishes to do that at this time, we ask that you let that be known So we stand and sing. Gosh.